Hello and welcome to episode 55 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And this episode, I was so excited to meet someone who we've been trying to meet face-to-face for uh, about a month now. His name is Michael Fields, and he has a wonderful story to tell about his own weight loss health story. And it was just nice to chat about all things whole food, plant-based. For my first interview following my recent surgery, which I'll talk about in the episode, so I won't talk about it twice. And yeah, it was so nice to talk to Michael and he also organises Melbourne plant-powered meetups. So if you're in Melbourne, you can find out all about them, um, those meetups and head along and meet some amazing whole food plant-based people. Sometimes all kinds of people go along and they're all eating beautiful potlucks or delicious foods shared together with some like-minded people and the wonderful Jenny Cameron's there and Malcolm Mackay, Dr. Dr. Malcolm Mackay <laughs> as well. And yeah, lots of people who are wanting to try it this way of eating and meet people who are also want to try, try out this way of eating. Because yeah, as we talk about in this episode, community is so important. And I think this, the, the theme that has run through majority of these episodes is that initially it can be really isolating when you're making a big change in your diet because socially we're you know wired in australia you know most of the world to to catch up over food and most of that food is animal food heavy in oil processed foods that kind of thing celebrate any occasion and so once once you remove the oil and the animal products from your from your diet and a lot of the processed foods saturated fats sugars What's left can feel like you're, you know, the uh, very much the outsider at any at any gathering, and so meetings such as plant powered Melbourne's whole food plant based catch ups are great places to start to meet new people so that you can make new friends. I'm not saying to abandon your old friends because I'm still friends with all of my you know all of my old friends, but it's just nice and it's nice to have friends who are. Uh, you know, how like-minded, but it's also just nice to help motivate and keep you on the path if you're eating with people who eat like you, you know, and who are talking about the health benefits that they've achieved from eating this way. You know, it's so much easier to sit in a room full of people and not be, and, and not have to avoid being tempted by, you know, their delicious looking you know, non-vegan foods or non-oil-free foods, you know, it's really hard, when, especially when you're new, to sit in a situation where there's a cheese plate and you've always loved cheese and you're not trying not to, trying to avoid cheese. So going along to meetings like this or creating your own in your area, if you don't live in Melbourne, it's really inconvenient to get to. Making, you know, joining Meetup, um, the website the website Meetup, and you can arrange your own meetups um, in your area and, you know, with your local community groups or, you know, even posting in your, you know, kids' school newsletters or whatever, just just starting in a, a group and organising little catch-ups regularly in your area so that you can make new friends in your area and catch up and, and share food and recipes and ideas and inspiration. It's a really, really wonderful 
way to keep yourself motivated and inspired. So thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show. And thank you so much, Michael, for helping to organize these amazing Melbourne plant-powered meetups with Jenny Cameron and Dr. Malcolm Mackay. And if I'm missing other people, I'm so sorry. I've got a very bad headache. So my brain isn't full functioning. It's wonderful every week. I'm so happy to meet people and especially people who are, um, or all the people. I really enjoy everyone who comes on the show and especially people who are, you know, out there sharing these messages, doing the best they can to help promote whole food plant-based eating because it's just, it's just the best for our health. It's the best for the planet and it's the best for the animals. So it's wonderful to see all of my guests, the guests on this show out there promoting whole food, plant-based eating, creating community and, you know, sharing their stories and helping to inspire other people to, 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 to make a big change and It's a big change for the better. So, yeah, thank you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Episode 55, that sounds very amazing. So congratulations, everyone, (laughs) for helping this podcast make it to 55 episodes. Thank you all so much for your support. And enjoy this interview with Michael. Bye. So hello, Michael, and welcome to the show. G'day, Corinne. How you going? I'm so great. Well, you know, I'm not that great. I'm recovering from surgery, but I feel this is the first interview after the surgery and I'm starting to feel, well, I'm still snuffly, but I'm feeling much less awful, (laughs) which is great. So maybe you should give an update to people listening about what's going on with you. Oh, well, I um, gave a little bit of an explanation in the intro. So I've just had some, I've got TMJ disorder. So my jaw is not working properly and it's just causing lots of facial pain which gives me headaches and tightness and makes it hard to concentrate so after lots of different therapies the latest one they advised me to get some surgery to make my airways more open so that at least at night time I'm breathing through my nose and not my mouth and taking some pressure off my jaw. So I've just had that surgery. Is that as a result of the multiple sclerosis? No, no. It's just, it's just, they think that perhaps because I'm a mouth breather and because you use your jaw for, and I talk a lot, talking, eating, laughing, singing, grinding, I'm a grind my teeth at night and clench. So all those things mean that you kind of, put strain on the the jaw joint and mine are just very unhappy at this. They've been getting increasingly more unhappy over the years. And so at the moment they've reached a peak of misery. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm just doing this to try and take some pressure off the jaw. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed it works at least temporarily or at least for a bit. So hopefully it does. So that's where I'm at. So thanks for asking. (laughs) So, Michael, let's begin with you. Tell us your story. All I sure. know so far is that you were Herbie of the Week and that's that's already a big, big tick of you being <laughs> a superstar in my book. <laughs> um, yeah, so my story starts, it starts in 2006. And I'd say that before 2006, I had no interest in, in didn't, just, you know, you eat what you eat, you eat what your parents tell you to eat, you you follow the lifestyle that everybody else follows. You, you don't think about it at all. And I never thought about it at all. 
But what happened was that in 2006, my father says to me that every year you should give yourself a birthday present. And the birthday present you should give yourself is you should go to the doctor for a checkup. And I'm saying, okay, dad, all right, <sighs> if I have to. So sure enough, I go to the doctor and I get the blood test. I hate having a blood test. Um, yeah. And then you go back afterwards to get the results. And when you, you got to wait in the waiting room forever for the doctor to, to call you in and he shows me this piece of paper and he doesn't look very happy at all. And I'm, and I'm, I didn't think there's anything going on. I didn't think of anything of it at all. And he says, um, you know, these, uh, these figures here look very, very high and this figure looks like it's outside the range and, oh, this one I'm not too sure. And he gives me this opinion. He doesn't, he doesn't say factually that this is what's happening. He just says in his opinion that my cholesterol is absolutely far too high and that it's so high that that I need to start medication straight away. Straight away, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to the doctor because my dad told me to, and now he's telling me that I've got high cholesterol. So I just couldn't believe that, and I was sort of you know sitting right back in the chair and and not really, really not really taking it in too much. And then he tells me the next thing was that I've got a fatty liver, and and I I wasn't sure if I should be laughing at that point because I don't even know what a fatty liver is. Uh, it sounds hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Explain to everyone what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's some sort of build-up of fat, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he tells me I have a fatty liver and that I need to have further tests and I need to have an ultrasound to determine how bad it is. Um, and he wants me to, to start a course of, I think it was called Lipitor, which is some sort of anti-cholesterol medication and once you start taking this, you take it forever. And just that, just just that alone was enough to make me just thinking, yeah, I'm going to have to take medication for the rest of my life. That's that's not who I am. That's, yeah. that's not what I, this, this is not what I came to see the doctor for. Um, so I um, was pretty horrified by that. After I left the, the surgery, of course, you do what everybody else does. You go home and you search Dr. Google. And, <laughs> yep. and I'm searching and I'm searching. And after a lot of searching, I was amazed when I came across um, some information about a doctor in America who not only was getting people off their medications, but he was reversing disease. And he had written a book. And I'm thinking, geez, I, I don't want to start spending money on a book, but it looks really, you know, I, I wasn't sure at first whether it was real. I wasn't sure whether he was, um, you know, a scam on the internet. I didn't know. His name was Dr. Joel Furman, and he's written a book called Eat to Live. So without wanting to spend money, I did the next best thing and went to the public library <laughs> and reserved the book. So the library bought the book, and, um, and then I borrowed it when it came available. And I read it and that book changed my life because it showed how the things that I had thought were not a big deal were in fact a big deal. It showed that, um, and again, growing up, you know, people had said, you know, people had said to me, you don't want to be one of those veggies 
because those vegos, they look gaunt, they look too skinny, they're not healthy, you're going to die too soon. You don't want to be one of those vegos. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, I've got no idea. But um, so when I read this book and, and, and started to work out, and again, it was, it was probably for me, probably, I'm not a big reader, it took a while to sort of understand what this book was saying because it, it, it goes through a number of chapters talking about the research and the studies they've done. And I'm thinking, hey, cut to the chase and just tell me how, how I don't have to take this drug anymore. I yeah, don't want to yeah. take the drug. So um, that's what I did. I, I, I researched and it wasn't until the last few chapters that they explained that if you cut out meat, chicken, fish, dairy, eggs and oil, you're going to feel a lot better. Mm. And I thought, wow. This is why I haven't heard this before. This is amazing. What have I got to lose? Why not give it a try? So, so I did. Um, shortly after that, I, I had booked in for the ultrasound that the doctor insisted I had to have. And that's a, a horrible feeling, Corinne. I mean, to, to, to sit in this thing and then they inject you with this dye, then they measure what they, I don't know what it was. It was terrible. I didn't like it at all. And I thought, Let, get me out of here. I, I don't want these, all these medical procedures. Yeah, yeah. So how long after you went to the doctor was this? Like was all this, had yeah, you finished the book? Two or three weeks after the doctor. You're speedy. Well, that's, they booked <laughs> me in. And I think the doctor was annoyed because he had, he wanted me to come back so that he could prescribe Lipitor and I never came back. <laughs> and I'll tell you a funny thing. Um, this was in 2006, probably about, Maybe two or three years ago, I went to a different clinic, and just by coincidence, that same doctor was at this clinic, oh, and wow. I saw him, and I said to him, "Do you remember me? I'm the one that saw you years ago, and you're the one, you know, and and you said that I needed to." And I explained this to him, and he just said, "Okay," he just didn't care. <laughs> he just he was just more interested in seeing the next patient. Oh, bummer. Anyway. <sighs> It's a lot to take in, I think, for doctors when they get told that they could have given a different possibility, I think. And I think that they have a lot on the on the line giving that different possibility as well. It's so it's, it's frustrating, but, yeah, anyway. It's disappointing. I, I would have liked him to, I mean, no mention of diet at all. It was solely about, you know, which drug am I going to prescribe for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. So so what happened after that three weeks? Because obviously you didn't go back and take Lipitor. So what did you, how did you change your life? Yeah, so I'm slow. I, I, I took a long time to really adjust. Um, I, I read the book and I decided that I'm going to slowly um, cut back on meat, chicken, fish, dairy, eggs, and really really became more vegetarian than vegan in the early stages because I just I, th I think that the the biggest difficulty I found is the social circles that you end up being in um and I, I always remember my mother who um when she heard that I was going to be cutting back on the meat that I was having she says to me okay all right you can go vegetarian but promise me promise me that you won't go vegan promise me you won't do that and I'm saying what's wrong? What's, what's the problem? And I don't know why. I, I still don't know why she, she had an aversion to it and she was adamant and she wasn't really alone. There's a, a lot of people in social circles who 
who suddenly look at you differently, suddenly um, don't really want to, um, you know, if we're going to go out somewhere and the, the common way that you would socialise with anybody these days, it's over a meal. And if you're not ordering the same as everybody else is ordering, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I, only thing I've managed to, one, one way, and I don't know if it's worked, My some of my friends might be secretly going, ah, uh, <laughs> you're still very irritating. <laughs> but, but I just really try to make it, and I think like Doug Lyle talks about it as well. I, I, I don't dismiss it, but I just try and, yeah, I just try to make a joke of it so that it's not such a, just to diffuse the... I think people feel like you're judging them constantly, and in some, and sometimes you might be. Like if I've got, if I've just read something about climate change and twelve years before we're reached peak, no turning back point, and then I think about people not making switch to veganism, I think, oh my god, so easy. Why wouldn't you? So sometimes I can get a bit judgmental when I'm, you know, immediately following some new information saying how bad the planet's going to turn if people don't make the switch to a plant-based diet. But I mean, I think I, I agree with you. It is so hard. And the only way that I've found to diffuse the tension in social settings is just to say something silly like, oh, you know what? I, I can't help that I think that I am better than you. <laughs> No, and then I just laugh and they just laugh. I, You know, if it's my brother or someone like that, I wouldn't say that just to anyone. <laughs> and I'm just joking. I don't think I'm better than them because I wasn't vegan. You know, I wasn't always vegan. But I just say something silly, ridiculous that takes the, the tension out of the situation. If I feel like, feel like there is this, oh, I could never do that or why would you do that or I love bacon or, you know, I'm going to eat spam in front of you then or some ridiculous thing then I always just try and make a joke <laughs> probably not helped because um in recent times as time goes on you get to the point where you're learning not just about the health aspects but you're learning about the environmental aspects and the um the cruelty aspects and yeah. it gets to the point when you know I I, I I shudder to go to dinner with people who are eating you know, to go to a, a restaurant where you're sitting next to someone who is eating something that used to be an animal, and I, I sit there and I look at it and I, I want to walk out. I, I don't want to be there. It doesn't make me comfortable at all, um, which is which is probably not, not a good place to be in, Karin. But, um, but you know, that's it, 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 once you see, you can't unsee. It, 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 I, I agree. And it's, it's really difficult. And if you're listening and you're not vegan and you're thinking, gosh, you know, Michael and Corinna are deep into the it, – it, it, it's difficult to watch any anything in life that you're empathetic towards in any way, you know, and suffering. When you Once you start making the connection to the planet, and I think Michael and I can both agree that we came to this from a health perspective, but once you, once you make the switch – suddenly the blinkers are off and you start thinking about, wow, you know, we don't actually have to cause this suffering to the animals. Oh my gosh, we don't, we can eat delicious food without and, we, and make a really great 
step forward as far as our contribution to climate change. And and once you start thinking about those things, it's really hard to unthink them. It's like being in the matrix. That's what I say to my husband all the time. I wish, I wish, I'm sure Michael does too, sometimes I wish that I could take the pill that makes me fine about eating meat and dairy and eggs and seafood and fine with my friends eating it. But I, I can't undo what I know now, and unfortunately, that does mean that when I eat out, and when I eat out, Michael, I agree, I walk, most food courts actually kill me the most because there's just so much dead animals on display, and people just leave their leftovers, like leftover plates of chicken wings on the table, and I just think, that is so many dead chickens like in those plates because chicken wings are so teeny people normally get like 12 which is six chooks just for a nibble and 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 it's not filling it's just for the taste and texture and the the sauce that they like the sticky sweet barbecuey sauce and six minimum chooks in that snack nothing discarded trash meal while they go to see a movie or whatever at a shopping centre. And for me, I find that really hard. And it might seem over the top for someone listening who's not vegan, but when you think that for that 10 seconds of pleasure that that person had at that shopping centre, they just callously discarded six lives, which seems to me just I can't comprehend it anymore. And I and I, di- I I would have happily years ago, but now it's just it actually breaks my heart and I just find it so hard to walk around those places and because I see dead people <laughs> like the sixth sense. I see dead people. And 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 to flow on from that, Corinne, the way that people justify and I've seen a lot of this uh, online and and people say it's my choice. It's my choice to eat this way, so you should respect my choice. And, and and I would argue that that's right. There is a choice, but there is no choice when death is involved. And if death is involved in any way, then your choice goes away. It's not it's not the same thing. Yes, and I I, I don't know whether it's James Aspie or it's 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 someone in that group of excellent vegan activists. But I think that they, when they say it isn't your choice if your choice has a victim, and I, I really agree. It's not your choice when the planet ha- is the victim, the, the animals are the victim. You know, that's, there's a lot of victims in that choice. It's the future of humanity in that, in that choice. And if you ever get a chance to watch the video by Gary Urofsky, he is... That's what converted me. That was my... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but please he's tell an, everyone. He's, a, he's, he's so well-spoken, so well-spoken. He, he gets to the point really well. Sadly, he's retired, but um, he, 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 oh, I've watched his video over and over. He's, um, he's amazing. Yes. It's called The Best Video You'll Ever See or Watch. And it's on YouTube and it's he just nails every every single argument and there is no – there is no counter argument to veganism, unfortunately. It all falls on its face. And he talks a little bit in that video about the health aspects as well. And he he says that for every for every person who shows him some um, some uh, that, that some people show him papers about the health benefits of of eating meat, 
products. He says, I'll show you double to show that um, plant-based is better. Exactly, exactly. Uh, often, like my husband, my husband's gone vegan this year and... Congratulations. I know. It was like, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so it's wonderful. Sorry, how did that happen? Did you convince him? Uh, erosion. <laughs> <laughs> just, just slowly wore away. I made, I made. I decided our house had to be because of my multiple sclerosis um, being the initial reason why I went plant based. Plant based doctors such as Dr. George Jelinek, who's not, he still has some seafood. We, we'll keep pushing him into the right direction, but I don't, I don't. He might not have seafood anymore, but he did have some seafood initially. But anyway, they say that it's highly like MS isn't. It runs in the family, even though it's not genetically linked. Now, if you're listening and you're like, yes, they found new information, I'm sorry, but old information, because I haven't looked at MS stuff since for 10 years, really, because I've been feeling so good. At the time, he said, when I first went to his retreat, he said, if it's in your family, boys are affected more, worse than girls, typically. And so they said, you know, you want to get your kids eating what you're eating straight away at the gate so that they're protected um, when they get older and they're more likely to present with symptoms of multiple sclerosis. So I just said from day one, we're going to want my kids to eat this way. And so if you're their dad and they see you eating animal products and saturated fats and all those things, and of course they're going to say, well, why can't we eat what dad's eating? So please just eat it in secret <laughs> away from them so that. So how did you convince your husband to allow your children to be, to be plant-based? Ranjit's been with me through the ups and downs of multiple sclerosis. He was with me through the worst of my MS. So he was there. He was happy for me to go um, to the retreat. Like he helped me organize to go to the retreat when I was very sick and overweight. And so he knew that it was good, but he obviously didn't have MS himself. So he was just like, well, I can still do what I'm doing. And he loved all that food. And so when my legs went numb and he saw how great things have been since I made the switch he was like well I don't want my kids to obviously I want my kids to get sick so he was 110 10% on board to as a preventative measure for our kids and he knew it was so good for me so and so he and he likes plant-based food he was just think saying to himself well you know if I don't I want to eat beef pho or pho however you pronounce it when I'm out or I want to eat halloumi he wanted to be able to have that stuff not ruled out but now after learning about – after editing this podcast, he's been brainwashed. And, oh, okay. And now he's 100% on board. Right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's – it's a dream come true for you. Yes, but going back to your story, because we've just gone off on a tangent, but I've, I've been, I've, I like tangents, so that's fine. So was your wife – your wife wasn't obviously vegan no. at the time. And so how was the transition when you were just starting to make those changes and it was hard socially? How was it at home? <laughs> yeah, so, so, I, so, I went, so I went more and more vegetarian and, 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 and kept on working on, on just – you know, cutting it out, cutting it out. And it really wasn't until 2012 that I really made the determined decision to say, um, this is, this is silly. I'm, I'm just wasting my own time. I, I, I need to go, I need to be vegan and I need to be not just vegan, but I need to be plant-based. I need to be whole food plant-based and cut back as much as I can. And that was when I saw the, the most difference. That was really the turning point. Um, and I, I'd say that, um, there's probably a few 
probably the, the biggest hurdles was probably social situations. The biggest hurdle is um, in those years, you know, because I'm, you know, probably like most guys, I like to eat out more than cook myself. I'm not, I don't think of myself as a good cook. Um, yeah. And so be, getting into a routine where you do these things yourself is, it's, it's a challenge for a guy. Um, when I, I've got some tips to tell you afterwards, Corinne. Yes, you'll... looking forward to it. <laughs> There's a few uh, few ideas about how to get around those things. Yeah, good. But yeah, I think good. that um, yeah, 2012 was a turning point, and and that's when I when I you know when the weight really the, the weight dropped off when I was vegetarian, but the weight dropped off dramatically when I cut out the the dairy and the eggs. I didn't never really had that many eggs, but um, yeah, I think like a lot of guys, I think that. That that cheese thing is just so addictive, and it's just um, it used to call my name too many times. So um, once you've got the courage not to even just don't go that don't go down that aisle, don't even think about it. Don't get the cheese, and you won't miss it, and it will thank you afterwards. And I also remember um, seeing a video by um, Rip Esselstyn, who said, um, you know, he explained that that milk and cheese is just runny meat. Yeah, yuck. Oh, sounds disgusting. Actually, that's I haven't written that as a tip, but one of the things that I, I think about is that if people didn't use the word meat and use the word cow, and if people didn't use the word oil but use the word lard, or if people people use different sort of phraseology, um, I think that people would change easier. I uh, listened to an, a talk at the Speciesism Pro Rally a couple of years ago, and the person was talking about. I, I have. Oh, I want to say it was Dr. Ash, but I don't think it was. Um, so whoever it was, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I am just poor at remembering who um, the names of people. Hmm. Was it Melanie Joy? It might have been. Melanie Joy, she's the one who wrote the book about um, why do we eat pigs. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. But she was talking about the terminology and she was saying, you know, when we're eating fish, rather than saying, oh, you know, I'm eating seafood, say marine life, you know, you're eating marine life, you're eating cow flesh, this is pig flesh, this is chicken flesh, rather than pork, bacon, you know. Yeah, nuggets, whatever. It makes such a difference. And it is confronting to people. And like bovine, when Dr. Clapper says bovine growth serum, <laughs> you're like, ew, why would I want to drink that? Cheese made out of bovine growth serum. <laughs> exactly. So, Corinne, I can say that, you know, since 2012, um, I haven't looked back. I think that. Um, and I was, as you said before, I was lucky enough to be the Herbie of the Week. So I, I sent in some before and after photos. And they're in, the, they're in the show notes if you're wanting to see them. Yeah, look, it's um, it's an honour. It's an honour to, to, I mean, to, to, to show the effectiveness of a plant-based diet that you can lose weight healthfully. And, and, and I'd say that when I first saw the doctor, my intention at that time wasn't to lose weight. And I still don't see the, the most important part of this as losing weight. It's more about being healthier on the inside, the things that you can't see. Losing weight is just a 
a bonus. I agree. I absolutely agree. So what were the first things you noticed when you made the switch? Like what benefits have you noticed since making the switch? Other than, other than over 55 pounds of weight loss, which, which, which isn't the per- – it's just a pleasant side effect. Yeah. So yeah, losing a bit of weight was great. Um, and, you know, everyone wants to lose a bit of weight, um, especially since Australia, like the United States, is just massively overweight and obese. The, the, the next time that I went to the doctor and, and got a blood test, and I can't remember exactly when that was, but um, – if you, whenever you get a blood test and you go to the doctor and they look at that sheet, they're always going to find something. On that particular time when I first saw them, you know, he says it's massively high and I was, I was worried. But every other time I've ever been to the doctor, it's always been, oh, this one's a little bit high. Oh, this one's a bit borderline. And I was thrilled that when I went to see the doctor after having been plant-based, he looks, the doctor looks at the sheet and says, nothing to say. <laughs> Yay! That is so good. So that's that's really you know that that's the proof that that this works. You know, it's just if the doctor hasn't got anything to say, I need to give these pills to you. If if the doctor seems just quite content to say, okay, next patient, please. Well, that's a good thing. That is so good. So obviously, your cholesterol and your fatty liver are now skinny liver and <laughs> and gone. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And it's amazing. It's amazing that that. You know, I, I don't have to take that lip at all for the rest of my life. And people, I think so many people, even my parents are like, you know, I need to have daily Panadol, you know, four-hourly Panadol for the aches and pains. And the doctors, that's for the rest of your life. That's your maintenance Panadol that you take every single day. And a lot of people are on maintenance painkillers every single day for the rest of their life. And, you know, when you think about the guests on this show who have ha- overcome rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, lupus, and conditions that involve chronic pain, even myself with fibromyalgia, and I used to rely so heavily on daily pain medications to get me through the day and to not experience, not to have that daily medication. If multiple sclerosis, it was daily or weekly inject, self-administered injections for the rest of my life. And to not have that, it's just, you can't describe how liberating it is it's just wonderful to just know that your body's just functioning without being reliant on medications that most likely are affecting other organs in our bodies in a negative way absolutely and i'll tell you a a funny side note to that um a few years ago there was a there was a show on now i think it was sbs where they had a show called catalyst and they did a show where they were talking about people taking statins and it was the show was saying that they didn't believe that statins were necessary and people can stop taking statins. And there was a big uproar about that because people say, well, you can't just stop taking them suddenly. You, you know, they didn't talk so much about diet. They just talked about saying that they didn't think that statins were necessary. And I remember that um, a guy that I used to work with contacted me out of the blue, <laughs> hadn't spoken to him for quite some time, and he said, can you do me a favour? Can you um, can you drag me along to a to one of your favourite vegetarian restaurants because I want to see how good the food is because I'm thinking about taking away my statins. <laughs> That's great. That is so good. Uh, 
I want all of my friends to tell me that. Call me up <laughs> if you're listening. Let's go out. <laughs> I'll hook you up. <sighs> oh, that's wonderful. And how did he go? Any any oh, look, <laughs> slow the, slow start? I don't, I don't know if it worked. I think that he um is thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Well, if it's like anything like you and I, you know, you started thinking about it in 2006 and took you six years to 2012 I and I started thinking about it in 2004 and it took me till 2008 and then I still took a little bit longer to get to the plant, whole food plant-based with no meat because I was still having fish and egg whites because of the MS diet. But then I, you know, it was a slow pro. And then the oil was probably the hardest, oil and peanut butter. Mm. That's been a tough one, tough, tough nut to crack. <laughs> and that's only been, you know, in the last, you know, few years or so. And, and like you, Corinne, I kick myself every day that I it took me so long. I think to myself, you know, especially when I speak to other people and they say, oh, I want to have a think about it. And I'm thinking, no, you don't have, just do it. Just do it. What's holding you back? But then I've got to remember that I didn't. <laughs> so it's, um, do as I say, don't do as I do. I know. Why? I, I, you know, we've talked about this so many times in this podcast and it is so frustrating that humans take so long to adopt new to adopt change to change <laughs> why we're so frightened of it i guess because you know i'm guess that there's people who are listening will talk about all the reasons why we're wired to be frightened of change and you know but it's it's frustrating when it comes to a plant-based diet because it's so good for the planet it's so good for the animals it's so good for our health you just think come on but we we have to we have to just wait for everyone to come to it in their own time <laughs> and be a beacon of enthusiasm about why it's so awesome in the meantime till people just think, gosh, I want whatever they've, they're having, like Sally. What was it, Sally? Harry met Sally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so tell me how it was for you. Obviously, you're... What was your diet like before this? Like, I know you said you meat ate, you ate all the meat things, but what would a typical day of eating have been like for you? For people who are listening who are thinking, well, maybe he wasn't eating that much. You know, he said he didn't eat that many eggs. Uh, you know, what was a typical day of eating like? I, I try to remember. Um, I mean, look, it was pretty much just a, a meat and three veg sort of meal. And, and like growing up, there would always be either a chop or a steak on the, on the plate with mixed veggies would be pretty much a, a standard sort of meal that we grew up with. It was common to have um, barbecued meat or grilled meat or or it was it was very rarely that you would have, um, you know, like a casserole or anything. It was almost just the, 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 the standard. Like if, and I can remember mum saying when I was a kid that, um, you know, if we can have, you know, the rich people would have steak. You know, not none of these chops. No, you would have a steak because that's the that's the expensive cut. You know, so that's the one that we're going to have because you know we're living it up a little bit. Ah, <laughs> yes, I think we had chops too, chops and three veg, and my dad would have porterhouse if we went out to a fancy restaurant. So I, 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 I yeah, I can. Um, my brain's having a pause. You can relate. I can relate, Josh. Thank you for you being here. I've been in bed for two and a half weeks, so I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's meat and three veg, basically, yes. And so it was still that's a big switch because 
Those three veg were these token elements on that plate, really boring, you know, pretty standard fare. No, they weren't the highlight. The hero of the dish was always the chop when you had those meals. So now you have to make the veggies the... But I guess I didn't always have the three veg. Sometimes it might have been, you know, might have been some chips on the side. It might have been... I, don't, I can't remember ever having salad at home. I, I don't think mum ever, very rarely in those early days, would ever have salad. But... um which was funny because um, when my mother worked out that I'm changing my diet, she then offered to make me salads <laughs> for whatever I wanted, which, oh, which was nice. Yeah, um, that is nice. You know, and I get to say, no, don't put that in and don't put that in. And, you know, um, it's just a plain, plain salad. Make it as simple as possible. But, but, but can I just a little bit, add a little bit of olive oil? No, no, I don't want olive oil. Oh, can I just add, what about a whole lot of avocado through it? That would be nice. It would be, but no, I, I don't need that. I just... Just keep it simple as best. Oh, bless our parents, uh, you know, wanting to make it taste amazing and they'd, they need to listen to Andrew Spudfit-Taylor. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> and talking about making food boring and making your life interesting. Maybe we should just have Andrew in the corner so that every podcast he can just sort of chime in. I know. Andrew, <laughs> we should do a joint podcast one day. <laughs> I know. He has to just chime in telling me that sentence because it fits into every single episode. <laughs> I love that. He's a great guy. And his book. Get Everyone get his book. It's called Spud Fit, A Whole Food Potato-Based Guide to Eating and Living. So please go and get it from everywhere on the internet. Uh, it's such a good book. I really, really like seeing all the different – because so many ways to eat spuds. You never think that there's that many ways to eat potatoes. But there is, and they're my favourite food. Yep, oh, me too. In your family, how was the transition in your family? Do you eat separately? Like as a lot of people eat separate meals. I still eat separate meals sometimes because i got this TMJ blended food issue going on at the moment. So Yeah, pretty much I, I eat separately. I, I cook my own food and I I do my own thing because because most my wife is a workaholic and she's a <laughs> she's at work to all hours. She's at work now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so you know we tend to eat separately except if we're going to go out somewhere. So yeah, I, I, and that's not a problem because that's given me the opportunity to to you know I've got a bit of spare time. I'm going to be I'm going to be Michael the chef. <laughs> awesome. But um, and and being Michael the chef means that um, Emma Roach's book is um, is fantastic. She, um, she, 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 she makes it so, for someone who can't cook like me, it just makes it so easy. And I've found that um, I've been experimenting with more and more of those books and more and more of the recipes, sorry. And um, Emma Roach's book is called, oh, I'm hoping, Whole Food Plant-Based on $5 a Day. Yeah, she's got two of them. Um, the sum, exactly. Whole Food Plant-Based on $5 a Day. There's the summer edition and the winter edition. Everyone get that book as well. <laughs> and I've been I've been slowly going through um, recipes and and geez, I tell you that the turbo tabbouleh recipe um, is one of my favourites. I've got down pat. You know, it's, it, you get into a routine, and, and I think that's probably one of the secrets. You know, Corinne, if you can get into a routine where you just you just know that I can make this in just a you know in a short amount of time, then it's become it'll become a habit. And I like that. The thing I like about Emma's books is because lots of people say going vegan is too expensive. And that book is just a perfect way to say, to silence that argument and just to say, you know, these food, whole food, plant-based foods, like gourmet vegan foods, sure, they are expensive, you know, 
jar of almond fetters, like the price of the hex hex fees (laughs) for a medicine degree. I'm just kidding. But I mean, gourmet vegan food is so expensive, whereas whole food plant-based foods, peasant food, you know, it's just, it's it's rice, potatoes, greens, beans, peas, corn. It's it's cheap food. And and when you're talking about cooking, you're talking about food preparation, I would say, I would say there are, there are two game changes for me, two things that just made it so much easier for me as someone who can't cook. And the first one was that I lashed out and bought myself a pressure cooker. Um, in America, they don't call it a pressure cooker. They call it an instant pot. But um, yeah. I bought a pressure cooker. I just bought the cheapest one I could find. And then I bought an ebook from – now, there's a channel called High Carb Hannah. I love her ebook. She's got the book. I bought her instant pot book, and I, I I use it every day. It's fantastic. I could, you know, if I'm going to cook potatoes, I'm going to cook rice, I'm going to cook anything. It's 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 just chuck it in the pot, push a button, walk away. I love that. So that's the High Carb Hannah Instapot Cookbook. So you can find High Carb Hannah's channel on YouTube, and obviously follow her on social media. But her she is great for delicious starch-based beautiful foods. The second game changer that I would recommend is, and I had never thought of this before, is overnight oats. I tell you what, I just went out and bought some mason jars from Kmart and I just followed the recipe to put the stuff in there, chuck in the fridge and breakfast is done. It's fantastic. And so delicious as well. Surprisingly delicious and creamy overnight oats, which is what I like the most about them. I never would have thought that you would have porridge or oats that hasn't been heated up. I would always thought you have to you have to heat it up. You've got to put it in the microwave or put it on the stove. But but coming out of the fridge as a overnight oats, it's perfect. And coming into summer in Australia, it's delicious. I'm having it probably most days. <laughs> so they're my game changers. I like your game changers. <laughs> they're wonderful. And so basically now, what is what does a typical day of eating look like for you now? A typical day of eating, and I would have to thank Jenny Cameron for this. Jenny Cameron, Jenny Cameron. Jenny Cameron, we love you. <laughs> because because Jenny Cameron has inspired me just to keep things simple. Just keep it as simple as possible. Don't overthink things. Just, just you know, just she doesn't even follow recipes. She just throws things together. So one of the things that I like to follow are what they call a Buddha bowl, where you just throw things together into a bowl. Mm-hmm. And so I... That's what I'll do. And so I'll just, you know, grab some beans, grab some corn, grab some lettuce, grab some whatever, throw it into a bowl, um, put a little bit of sauce on top. That's it. It's done. Done. And it's so quick and tasty. You make some um, – now, in the Engine 2 cookbook, they have – I really like the uh, – now, memories and saving me, but it's um, Mary and – Coldwell's favourite dressing and I like that with some potatoes and broccoli and greens in a big bowl and it's just delicious. I think that's the three, two, one dressing where they do three of vinegar, two of lemon juice and one maple syrup. Anyway, it's delicious. I love it. Uh, it's one with a watered-down hummus. They so put a little bit of hummus, of oil-free yeah. hummus in and mix it up, and I love that with just some veggies and stuff like that. It's just mm. yum. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're on to your tips, your tips for everyone who's listening who hasn't made the switch, and I hope that there's 
you know, a million people. <laughs> and we're going to convince you now because Michael's tips are going to be so good. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Thank goodness I wrote them down. So so I would, the, 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 when I think about writing some tips, I wanted to think about, I was trying to think of things that people haven't said before and I was trying to think of things that are, that are relevant to most people, things that are easy to, to easy to get your head around. Yes. So the first thing that I thought of was that, especially for the people who haven't made a change, if there are any people out there who haven't made a change, is to find what motivates you. What is it that's going to motivate you to, to see that this is good for you? Is it going to be, you know, hearing about people's illnesses and diseases? Is it going to be weight loss success stories? Is it going to be walking around the shopping centre and seeing all these people that are overweight? Is it going to be that you've got a passion for animal welfare? Is it going to be wanting our planet to be here for our children? You know, what are the things that, that you think about that would motivate you to say, well, I need to give this a try? So that's my first thing is find out what motivates you. Yes, I love that. And that's a really, really great one because it is, for, for my husband, for instance, watching Cowspiracy was a huge, like seeing my health stuff, he was like, eh, you know, I feel okay. And, you know, but watching Cowspiracy was a big thing for him, learning about the environmental impacts. Like he does it, he's not, like the a- animal suffering, like he doesn't like it, but it just wasn't as striking to him as learning about the climate the impact on um the future of the planet as so yeah finding out what works for you some people it might be learning about the animal suffering learning that a pig's as smart as a three-year-old like that to me was like oh my god a pig's smarter than my baby oh you know or yeah learn about the planet when you've got young kids or you've got grandkids and you want a future for the future for them on earth whatever it is for you if the weight loss stories are obviously Unfortunately, most of us are intrinsically motivated and I think the weight loss stories are often a huge big hit for people. So if they are, definitely, like Michael says, go out and don't just listen to one. I find the people, people listen to one and then it's just, it, it fades away, you know. Your washing comes in and your kid comes home, your partner comes home and you forget the thing that you've watched. You forget the article you've read. You forget the you know, the podcast you've listened to, but keep to, to, so don't forget, make sure you keep it in the forefront of your mind. If you want, whatever motivates you, keep exposing yourself to it over and over again until it, it becomes, it becomes your new identity. If that makes sense. Cause for me, that's what I, I, this podcast does it for me as well. When I listen, when I talk to people like Michael and I think, wow, look at him, you know, he's lost 55 pounds. He's feeling great. He's vibrant. He's healthy. That motivates me again to say, you know what? I'll never, I'll, I reinforces the way I'm eating because I say, look at these people on this show. Like they are thriving when they were so well, not that you were terribly unwell beforehand, but I mean, I'm sure you would say it's better being you now than it was being you in 2006. And so for me, that motivates me. And so I constantly keep feeding myself and reinforcing myself, reinforcing that why, stacking the whys, I think some some motivational speaker says. You keep stacking your motivations so that then it's just so big, there's no going back. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so then on to my next tip. Yes. And this one might be a little bit controversial. Because I say you should avoid Woolworths and Coles. And the reason I say that is because most of the stuff that they sell is junk food. 
unfortunately. Yes. They have some good food. Yes. Um, but most of it is you've got to avoid so many things to, to go through Woolworths and Coles. So I say you should keep your home junk free. You should, your home should be your haven. That's where you, that's where you should, um, you know, you should have the, the healthy food in your home. Um, and in fact, as Rip Hesselson said, he said you should surround yourself with healthy foods. That makes it easier because you don't want to be surrounded by temptation. You should make it easy for yourself. I, I try and keep my meals simple. I, as I said, I just you know just put a few things together. Occasionally, I'll I'll follow a recipe from some of the recipe books, and I've got too many of those recipe books. I sometimes I share them on Instagram. I'm not so, not so good at taking photos of food, but I try. What I would suggest is instead of Woolworths and Coles, is you just focus on the basic food staples, just the basic stuff. I go to Aldi, it's cheapest, and I just buy the basic stuff from there um, and get yourself into a routine so that you're just doing the same basic things over again. Yes, that's a really, that's a really great tip. We, um, we just go to the fruit and vegetable market that's um, in our local shopping centre. We just go to there and we just grab everything from there and just immediately, and then the other half we get from um, farmer's markets and – and it's, yeah, I find it easy to avoid those shopping centres altogether. Get your toilet paper from Who Gives a Crap Online. <laughs> what, a great, what a great business idea that was to call it that. <laughs> it was a great business business idea. Um, okay, so what's number three? That was a great one. I like it. Okay, so the next one is that Jenny Cameron is your friend. I reckon Jenny Cameron is a legend. And I, I, I don't just say that just to be nice to Jenny, but when I first started researching um, and I came across the Facebook group and I came across whole food, plant-based. The thing is, people, people when they come to this lifestyle, are thinking of why they shouldn't do this. They're not thinking of why they should. They're always thinking of negatives and what about this and what about that and, and oh, my God, I don't think this can work for me because something's not right. But Jenny Cameron in her website and in the Facebook group is just – she's just the – She's just the person you want to follow because in those, I, I remember in those early days I'd never met her. I, the only vegan person I ever knew was the person were people online. Mm. And Jenny brings things down in such a way that it makes so much sense from an Australian point of view. Absolutely, and I just that is fantastic. Jenny Cameron, if you're listening, you are my friend, <laughs> and she you know and, um, just an aside. I agree with Michael completely because Jenny Cameron's group. Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies is like my favourite Whole Food Plant-Based group on, even over my own, on social on social media because of the way Jenny and Deb Plowman um, and obviously the other admins in there as well, but the way that they have created this group and the way that they are so knowledgeable, they make food seem more fun. The combination is just a powerhouse between the two of them. And obviously the, the interviews are on the show if you want to go back and find interviews with Deb and Jen. I can't remember what number they are right now. I'm so sorry. But Jenny is to me, she's like a she's like a human, she's a li um, librarian, by a researcher, by and a, and a dietitian, dietitian? nutritionist. She, she does that now. She, yes. she was a yeah, librarian. So she's, she's just loves reading everything and knowing everything and so she, to me she's my go-to person when I have a question or I want facts or I want articles or I want anything so yes she's definitely a good person to have on your team when it comes to adopting a whole food plant-based diet because she 
she she knows so much. She knows so much. She's a wealth of knowledge. Thank you, Jenny, for answering all my questions all the time. <laughs> okay, my next one is, and, and I, I, again, I, I probably credit um, Rip, Rip Esselstyn for this one because he he really highlights that you need to find support. You need to be you need to be social. Humans need to be social, but you also know to find support. You need to mix with like-minded people. Now. I don't know. <laughs> I personally don't know anyone um, that follows the same way that I do. But but online there are heaps, and I think that that's that's where you have to go. You've got to go online and and be involved in as many online groups as you can, um, and you know treat them like your family. My family is the online plant based group, um, you, and. It probably helps if you're positive about this. If you're if you're not thinking negatively, you're thinking positively that you believe that this can work and this can yeah. change your life. I think that um, a bit of a plug there that um, um, the 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 Melbourne plant powered meetups are a great way for more and more people to to be part of the family, be part of the group. You know, come along and and share a meal. Whether we go to a, a whether we have a potluck. Whether we go to a restaurant, whatever we do, it's a chance to to meet your family and to be part of the group. And and being social is the best way that you'll stick to this program. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's another group with Jenny Cameron involved. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make friends with her there. So get along and make friends with Jenny and Michael. That's it. Last one. The last one I just wanted to mention quickly was. A little bit off topic. There's a there's a, a guy in America. His name is J D Roth. He was a guy who was involved with the the Biggest Loser in America for for years. He did many seasons of it. Um, J D Roth um, released a book and also a TV show that never came to Australia called mm. The Big Fat Truth. Um, and I, I bought his book and read it and. He's amazing. He's such an inspiring guy. And if you're a person looking for some inspiration, if you're looking to, to yes, it's focused on weight loss, but the way that he speaks to people shows that he has such an appreciation about, about humans. He, he really knows how to speak to people and get the best results. And, yes, he is a, you know, a whole food plant-based guy and his wife is as well, and they're passionate, um, passionate about it. And... I, I could listen to this guy every day. I think he's amazing in being motivational. He was interviewed by um, Rich Roll um, maybe okay. a year or two ago, and I would recommend that to everybody. So everyone check out the Rich Roll interview with J.D. Roth and also read the book The Big Fat Truth. That's it. There you go. I think I'm done. Ah, <laughs> they, are, they are very good tips, Michael. I'm going to... I'm going to, I haven't read The Big Fat Truth, so I'm about to get it on my Kindle and check it out. Yeah, oh, he's amazing. It's, it's very, if you're looking for a bit of inspiration, he's the one. Always, always, always. Thank you now. Everyone who's listening, I hope that this is, I hope that I haven't gone too far astray this episode because I'm still in a bit of pain and blocked nosed and stuffy. But thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show. And we've been trying to catch up face-to-face for a while now. So we finally, at least we're in the the same, looking at each other on the screen. And soon we'll come to a plant-powered meetup and it'll be, we'll meet in person and have a big bear hug for being whole food plant-based family members. 
I reckon when I see when I see you, we're going to say the password, Jenny Cameron. Jenny Cameron. She's our <laughs> friend. <laughs> um, yes, no, she's a great lady. And everyone has to go to her immersions, her whole food plant-based immersions with her amazing partner, Dr. Malcolm Mackay. They're holding them in, I want to say, Anglesey um, with Anita Ricky making some delicious food. And I can't remember, Digger, I want to say Digger's Cafe, but I don't know if that's right. Is that right? I think so. Yes. So go there, eat that, be with them. They talk all about whole food, plant-based living over on their, in their immersions. You can spend, I think it's like a week with them, five days. I think it's five And I think they're going to do one for one day coming up. Yes. And so you can learn everything about whole food, plant-based eating, surround yourself with your new whole food, plant-based family members, meet Jenny Cameron. You can tickle. You can listen to the interview with Rich Roll and JD Roth on your drive there. You can tick off almost all, all of Michael's five top tips just on the way to the immersion. You've got your community, you've got your buy some, they're going to feed you there. And Anita Ricky's going to make you amazing plant based food so you won't have to shop at Woolworths or Coles. You'll be motivated by the amazing people they're talking about there, Jen, Jenny and Malcolm, and everyone talking about why it's so good for your health. Yeah, every single one. Jenny, I'm giving you a plug. Jenny, Jenny and Malcolm's Immersions, you can find their information about them at their website, which is, Michael, called? Plantbasedhealth.com.au. Wholefoodplantbasedhealth.com.au for more information about their immersion. Michael, thank you so much. I am so glad that you to have met you and that you have had such a great success. You've lost 55 pounds. You don't have to have take – Lipitors for the rest of your life and your liver is no longer fatty and I think a lot of people listening would like to lose 55 pounds and not have a fatty fatty liver and not be reliant on Lipitor medication for the rest of their life so thank you so much for coming on the show I appreciate it, thanks for having me You're so welcome Thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show. And thank you all so much for listening each week and for, you know, leaving your kind reviews over at iTunes and Stitcher and for messaging me and, you know, asking me questions, whatever, or for leaving a five-star rating or joining the group. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I love hearing from you all. I love receiving your feedback and I love knowing that people are listening and that this podcast is helping to inspire people and to give people hope. It just makes makes everything worthwhile. So thank you all so much. And yeah, definitely, you know, start a meetup, get it out there in the community and join, you know, c- c- join, come along to one of the Melbourne plant powered meetups and Get some new whole food plant-based friends. That is like so important and underrated. Definitely think it's the key for most of us in maintaining this way of eating is to find some people who are as obsessed with whole food plant-based eating as what you are or who are just as curious as you are or just wanting to give it a shot because they've tried everything else a thousand times. Definitely find some friends online probably the best place to start. And there's so many whole food plant-based groups out there. Whole food plant-based Aussies is obviously awesome. I have my own group, which 
is called WFPB Group for Optimal Health, Weight Loss and Conscious Living. So you can join that group too. WFPB obviously stands for Whole Food Plant-Based. Yes, so you're welcome along there as well. But there's many other groups as well. But those two, my top faves. (laughs) Not that I'm biased at all. So thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next week. Bye.